Revelation 11. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise, and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for forty-two months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for one thousand two hundred sixty days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky, that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have the power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some of the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents, because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here! And they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. And at that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified, and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the twenty-four elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces, and worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was. For you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged, and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake, and heavy hail. End of reading. Okay, so the thing we just read from verses 1 through 14, you can see there it says, The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. So what we just read is that second woe. And uh, I'm not going to go through all the details of the story. But, you know, this this has a lot of that day of the Lord type of uh, trajectory, you know, which is a concept that appears many times in the Old Testament and had its own historical fulfillments in uh, in those places in the Old Testament. You think of a book like Isaiah, there's a lot of mention of a of a coming day of judgment and a and a siege of of Israel and uh those are things that really did 
get fulfilled in history. Of course, it wasn't the end of the world because we're still here. But it was the end of the world and in, in that part of the world in a certain way of speaking, you know, the Babylonian captivity and and that kind of stuff. And so here we have uh, a similar text that's talking about uh, these days of judgment that are coming and these different persons involved. Um, but yeah, one of the main things in the story is this. Um, you can see here, verse 8, their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically, or it says down here in the footnotes, spiritually, symbolically or spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. Um, so the, the great city symbolically called Sodom and Egypt. So the, the book itself is telling us that there's a symbolism and a consistency, and it's it's making these these references, uh, almost like Easter eggs, referring back to things in uh, previously in, in Scripture. And it talks about how in the, in the third woe, it's talking about the temple. And it says here, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. You know, when Jesus was crucified in the the holy city or outside the holy city of Jerusalem there was an earthquake there was darkness that came over like an unnatural kind of kind of darkness um and and there there were great signs and wonders when Jesus was crucified indicating that something something significant had happened uh and the veil was torn and you could you could see into the the Holy of Holies. Um, and you know, when Jesus is ascending into heaven 40 days later, or well, roughly 40 days later, uh, he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So here we have the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. You know, conceptually, that's they're saying the same thing. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then here it's saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord. And of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And again, at the end of the book of Matthew, Jesus says, I will be with you to the end of the age, or I'll be with you always. You know, the translations differ, but the point being, he shall reign forever and ever. Um, so it's following this same trajectory of there's there's a day of the Lord coming, a judgment, and you know, Jesus's enthronement. Uh, and there's even there's even reference here uh, that I, I think are obvious. And I think it's verse six. Yeah, here it is. They, because it's talking about these two witnesses, they have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. That's kind of like that's kind of like Elijah, because Elijah prayed to God and stopped the rain in Israel for a long time. They have the power over the waters to turn them into blood, to strike the earth with every kind of plague. So that's kind of like Aaron and, and Moses with the, with the plagues in Egypt. So that's what I'm saying that it's, it's making these references back to these prophets of, of judgment and a judgment really did happen. Uh, 
over Israel when when Jesus was crucified, when Jerusalem was was sacked in 70 AD. Uh, the the temple has never been restored. All those things really did happen, and Jesus is ruling forever and ever now. Um, and the the response that that the angels in heaven have is this: it says, "We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign." And then this is a reference to Psalm two, verse eighteen: "The nations raged." which in Psalm 2, it says, why do the nations rage and and the people's plot in vain? Verse 18, the nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. So, the and then the last part, it's saying that God's temple in heaven has been opened. There's the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, uh, the the holiness of God, it's it's been opened to us through Christ. Um, so I think takeaways for us should be that you know the nations rage, but Jesus's wrath, ha- you know, has come previously, and th- there will be a final, ultimate uh, dest- destruction of the destroyers of the earth. So that's one thing we can hold on to for hope. And then another is. So verse 18, the time for the dead to be judged. So that's one thing we anticipate. And then the other, for rewarding your servants, the prophets and the saints, those who fear your name, both small and great. And then the last thing was the thing I, I said a little bit earlier, is that God's temple has been in heaven has been opened to us by way of, of Jesus passing through the Holy of Holies, not, not uh, a tent made with hands, as the book of Hebrews says, but um, like the real heavens, <laughs> the the real holy of holies, which is uh, the very the very throne of God in heaven, uh, and so those are three things we can hold on to that uh, the day of judgment is coming. God will reward those who fear His name, and that His His temple has been opened to us, and we can have this this fellowship and communion with Him forever. So grow with the growth that's from God